Good morning, everybody. How's everyone today? Y'all good? Even in the back, y'all good? All right. Today is going to be a fantastic day, and uh, man, I'm nervous today. It's nervous, man. Because I feel like what I'm going to share today is so important um, for for every one of us here. Of course, we're starting the series today called We Are Family. Come on, how many of y'all are singing a song in your head right now? We are family. And um, I had a lot of ideas coming into this series about some super practical things that I thought we could share with you, that we will. And I thought that would be the starting point. But today, the Lord has really just put on my heart that before we start working on all the parts of the family, we got to start working on the heart of the family. And um, my prayer today is that when you walk out of here, it's not that you have a notebook full of notes. Because you got those. You got plenty of them. I know I've done some pretty good family series in the past that you could go back and read and pick up where you left off. But what's more important is what God speaks to your heart today. Because if God can speak something to your heart, all the different parts that you're trying to work on that just after all these years isn't making sense, if God can change your heart, it will change your family. It will. And the one thing I know is that every person here is part of a family. And maybe you're a young person, you're hearing this, and you're thinking, well, I don't need to hear this. I, I got a few years before we get to that point. No, you need to hear this right now because you're a part of a family. And believe it or not, you're contributing to what that family is all about. Come on, anybody in here ever contributed some crazy to their family and you know it? How many of y'all, you, you know it? Come on, let me see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Why don't you come down to the altar now, and we're going to lay hands and pray over you. I see that hand. Um, I started to do this message before Easter, but um, I was going to do the series leading into Easter, but the Lord really directed me to talk about following Jesus before we get to family. Come on, because you got to get some Jesus in your life if you're going to do family well. That's what I've learned. And so Easter has passed, and now we're kicking off this series. Joshua chapter 24, verse 13 through 15 is where we're going to, to work in today. This is where we're going to work out of today. Joshua 24. Um, this has been the, the Bible verse for my family since I was a kid. And it's the Bible verse for my family now. And uh, this is just how we roll. This is who we are. This is who we are going to be. And I'm thankful that I had parents that uh, proclaimed this and declared this over our family. And even though we had our crazy, we still had our Jesus to bring us back. And uh, so Joshua 24, verse 13 through 15, it starts, uh, it says, you didn't have to work for this land. I gave it to you. Now you live in towns you didn't build and you eat grapes and olives from vineyards and trees that you didn't plant. Then Joshua told the people, worship the Lord, obey him, and always be faithful. Get rid of the idols your ancestors worshipped. We're talking about the family stuff. The things that were put before God. The things that became hindrances. He says, get rid of the idols your ancestors worshiped when they lived on the other side. Y'all remember living on the other side of your salvation? You remember the other side? Your BC days? Y'all remember those days, right? That's the days we're still trying to clean up, by the way. It says, get rid of the idols your ancestors worshiped when they lived on the other side of the Euphrates River and in Egypt. But if you don't want to worship the Lord, then choose here and now. Now, I, I chose a version that was a little bit more graphic with this because we've we seen the plaques on the wall at Hobby Lobby. You know what I'm saying? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, that's hanging in my living room. You come to my house, you're seeing that, and you're going to get convicted if you aren't, right? Because that's how we wrote. But this version right here makes it a little bit more graphic. You know what I'm saying? This is like water cooler talk at work. 
this isn't always like your, your church language. This is like a work language. But if you don't want to worship the Lord, then choose here and now. Will you worship the same idols your ancestors did? Or in other words, will you entertain the same cycles and the same circles that your family has struggled with for years and years and years? Or since you're living on land that belong to the Amorites, maybe you'll worship their gods. In other words, or maybe you'll get so caught up in the culture that you'll just do it the way the culture does. Then he says, I won't. My family and I are going to worship and obey the Lord. Well, that's a declaration. I won't. My family and I, come on. We're going to worship and obey the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you to do something more than inform us about how to do family. We need your Holy Spirit to change us so that we can love the way that you loved. So we can show grace the way that you showed grace. So that we can walk in authority the way that you walked in authority. So that we can establish not just boundaries but convictions the way you, Holy Spirit, convicts us. So Lord, today I'm asking for help to share this message. I don't want to share this in a way that tries to prove a point. God, I want to share this in a way that helps every person in here believe that you can do something incredible in their family, that you can bring restoration and healing, that you can bring change, and you can help us, Father, to be the families that you created us to be. So, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to walk the aisles of this church. I'm asking you to step into the living rooms. I'm asking you to jump through the screens of everyone who is watching. And I'm asking you to touch every heart today and set us up to be the people you want us to be so we can have the families that you want us to have. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Um, I want to start out talking about some family pictures because we've all been a part of those. Can I get an amen from somebody? Uh, family pictures are, are so interesting because they look awesome. You know what I'm saying? They look great. But in order for them to look great, you got to go through some things. And I'm not just talking about on picture day. I'm talking about pre-picture day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The battle of what are we going to wear? I almost wore the white dress shirt with the, the faded blue jeans and came up here barefooted. Because isn't that like the most common family picture on the beach? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like you got, everybody's got to have one of those pictures. And uh, it, it, it's a, I'm thankful my kids are older now because now we get cooperation. Back in the day, it wasn't so much cooperation as, was, as much as it was like Cynthia and I having to use all of our parenting skills and then some to convince our kids to smile. I remember one year we were taking, remember that year we were taking pictures at McClay Gardens and we were trying to get Ella Pearl to smile and she just wasn't feeling it that day. And we were trying everything. Michelle, uh, Michelle James was there, our kids director, and she was trying to help us. I mean, it was, it was taking a lot to get her to smile that day. And we succeeded. We got some good pictures out of it. Yeah. And everyone looks at it and say, oh, that's so cute. But if you knew what it took to get that picture, right. am I right? right yeah. If you knew what it took, and some of you with younger kids, you're like, I know. I'm still living that. Like like on Easter when you were trying to take a picture in front of that backdrop, trying to get, and it's not just kids. Can we just be honest? It's not just kids. There's a few fellas in here that like to make it hard to take a family picture. Am I right? Can I hear an amen from some mamas in here? I don't know what happened to the guys just now. I feel like we lost them. Fellas, let me tell you a little something. If you're ever on a date night or something with your wife and you're, it's your idea to say, hey, let's take a picture, that's a good idea. <laughs> Amen? I'm just helping you. I'm here to help you. I love you. I'm your pastor. I want to help you out. And so um, what's interesting, though, is when you begin to look through family pictures, you see how much things change. You see how much you change. You see how much your family changes. And so I have a picture from 10 years ago of my family on Easter Sunday. I want to show. Can y'all pop that up on the screen? Look at this, man. Oh, yeah, man. No beard. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, let me tell you, you see Judah on there? 
Let me tell you about Judah. On that Friday, Good Friday, Judah broke his arm at school. And there's a whole entire story about that that I'm not going to tell because I want you all to love me. Uh, and so Judah was in pain. And so he had a little medication to help him. You know what I'm saying? So that little look on his face was the best he could come up with for a smile. But I need you to know that dude was feeling really good about himself and about life on that day. And Ella Pearl, little bitty thing. And look at Elijah. He didn't even have a beard then. I mean, that was us. Ten years ago, very first Easter for Emerge Church. And then two weeks ago, we take this picture. Put the next one up there, Dan. Look at this, man. All my people are grown up. Cynthia's starting to cry up here because our kids are all grown. Elijah's got a beard. Judah got a flowered shirt on like he's going to Hawaii. I mean, man, things have changed so much, man. And, um... Yeah, there it is. Hey, Michelle found it. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was a junior in high school when that picture right there was taken. I know y'all trying to figure out which one of them were me, but I'm the one that's like, you know, I'm the tall one. How did I, I thought about my mom's hair in this. That was like a helmet, by the way. I'm telling you, man, there was some there was some there was some hairspray involved in that. You know what I'm saying? There was some serious, I mean, we had ozone issues in our house because of that stuff. <laughs> Mama was rocking it, man. Rocking it. Ah, the changes that take place with family. And, uh, you know, I, I started thinking those family pictures, um, even though sometimes we look at the picture and it's like, that's not the reality of it. The reality of the process of taking those pictures is a good picture of family. It's a very good picture because there is beauty and chaos all wrapped into it. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that's what it feels like with family. It has its beautiful moments. You ever had that moment in your family where it's like, do you hear that? And everyone's like, hear what? And you say it's quiet. <laughs> and that can either be a good thing. <laughs> Are not so good. Like if you have toddlers and it's quiet, you better go look <laughs> because <laughs> your plumbing's about to be backed up. Somebody's about to, to stick a fork into an electrical outlet or something. But family can be so beautiful, but it also can be so frustrating at times. And it messes with every one of us, not just mama. I need you all to know this. It messes with every one of us because when things are crazy in your family, even the kids feel it and they know it. And if they have siblings, they're in the room talking about it. I promise you. You know, I know that because I had siblings and we talked about it in the room. Like, what in the world is going on here? You ever had that conversation with your siblings or even with yourself? I do that sometimes by myself. Like, what is going on here? Like, either I need to get saved or my family needs to get saved. We need a revival meeting. I don't know what we need. A healing preacher, somebody come and help us. And then the next moment, it's like, Tears of joy because it's like, this is the best moment of my life. And how does family do that? And all the ages and stages of family and all of the changes. Like, we're, it's so different for us now. Like, Cynthia and I can have date night anytime we want now because our kids are older. And so, like, we're just popping up date night. We're now, hey, you want to go tonight? Yeah, let's go. And the kids are like, what are we eating tonight? I don't know. Good luck. It's all, but back in the day, it wasn't that way. It was like, we got to find a babysitter. We got to find all the stuff just to make it happen or put them to bed early. And I know why some of you are putting them to bed early, by the way. You just need some peace and quiet. Poor kids, man, missing half their summer because you're putting them to bed at 6.15. <laughs> Poor kids. We love you, but goodness. <laughs> so when it comes to family... When it comes to family, there's a picture that's in our mind, okay? Like, we, we all have this picture that's in our mind of what we think it's supposed to look like. No different than those family pictures. Fellas, if you go to the family picture with an idea, don't share it. Don't. Just cooperate with whatever she says. Wisdom right there. And every lady right now, it's odd to see you smile. I haven't seen you smile this much in a while, but right now you're smiling big because you know what I'm talking about. Like there is just a, there's a picture that mama has in mind, and that's why they take so many of them. 
Like, I know every time we take family pictures and Cynthia says, hey, we, we, we got the files in for the pictures. You want to sit down and look, look at them with me tonight? And it's like, sure. And I've learned this. Can you go through and find, like, the, the, the ones that you really want to get first? Or else, this is a week-long process. It is, and Cynthia's nodding her head because like, we're looking through everyone. Oh, look at look at Ella Pearl's face on this one. And what is Elijah doing here? <laughs> and then my favorite is, were you even smiling right there, Wade? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? But there is a picture that is in mind, not just for the family picture, but what we want our families to look like. And many times that's coming from what we saw in our family. And I'll prove it to you. There's a lot of parenting that just wants to give our kids the same things that we had growing up. And so we're trying to recreate what we had growing up. But then there's some things we don't want them to ever experience. Am I right? And so the picture in our mind is I'll take all of that, but definitely not that. And then there's the things that we see other people do. Oh, I wish our family did that. And so we start putting this into this picture in our mind. And then the things that we've never seen, we have these ideas of what we want it to look like. And so there is a picture in our mind of what we want family to look like. But then here's another thing. When it comes to family, we forget that it's made up of different pieces. A lot of different pieces. And it's like one person at a time added to your life. Like, in your single days, you rolling the way you want to roll, eating the places you want to eat, doing the things you want to do. And you're interested in dating until that person starts saying, I don't want to go there. (laughs) And this is that point in the relationship where you're trying to find out where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm a picky eater, and so Cynthia, I I need her to adapt. She's wanting me to to eat all these vegetables, and I just want to eat meat. Like, like, let's go eat ribs. And she's like, let's go eat salad. And I'm like, well, is there a place with ribs and salad? You know what I'm saying? And then we went through that whole season of her trying to get me to eat all this stuff. I'm not ranting. I'm I'm showing you something. I promise you. We, y'all, y'all know that season? Oh, you should try this. Oh, I tried it when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, it's been a long time. You need to try it again. No. <laughs> Let me be happy with the food I'm eating. Y'all know that? That season? Like, and there's so many seasons to come. And every season seems to bring a new piece. So you were single and now you got a person in your life. And you didn't know you could get mad at somebody you love that much until you started doing life with them. Am I right? Like, baby, I love you, but if you do that again. When we got married, man, Cynthia never lived with me before. And I never lived with her before. And I would leave that cabinet door open everywhere. And, y'all, I'm telling you, we almost needed marriage counseling over a cabinet door. Either that or the toilet seat. Hold on, hold on. And, and that's, listen. We're not done yet because then you start having kids. Oh, wait up. Let me back up. Let me back up because I forgot when you got married that you had in-laws. Don't you just love that around Christmas and Thanksgiving, all those times? Oh, just awesome. All these pieces are being added to your life, and now you went from just you and one other person to you and all y'all. And it's all these different pieces, and now and it's not just one person's personality you got to navigate. It's all them that you got to navigate. And then you start seeing the person that you're with. It's like, oh, I see where you got that from. <laughs> hold on, hold on, because it keeps going. Then you have children. And when you have your first child, it's like, why are they acting like that? Hold on, hold on. And then somebody on the outside says, oh, I know where they got that from. And they're pointing at you. All the pieces, man. That was crazy. You don't get to choose your family. You don't. God does. And we get to work with what God gave us and who God gave us with all their personalities all they're crazy. That, believe it or not, listen, if you have crazy people in your family, 
You have contributed to it. And the people who have walked it out, they're like, amen, but they ain't going to say it out loud. But I'm telling you. Anyway, I could say a whole lot. The pieces aren't perfect. But the picture in our mind was. So when the pieces don't match the picture. Right? Frustration. Disappointment. You got people in your families with with all these personalities and opinions, all right? And their picture of family does not look like your picture of family. And we're trying to do family things together, like going on a trip with everybody. You know? Listen, if it's tough with you and your circle and your house to go eat somewhere, you better know adding two or three other family members into it is going to amplify it, too. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw dirt. I'm just trying to tell you that's how it is. All kinds of people with personalities, perspectives. And believe it or not, that's what makes your family blessed. Look at your neighbor right now and just tell him my family's blessed. Just tell him my family's blessed. So we got the picture. Got all the pieces. You know what I'm saying? All the pieces. And this is where it starts feeling like a puzzle. Because somehow or another, we've got to figure out how to put together all these pieces. And that's where it's really difficult. Because we got expectations. we got our own vision of what it needs to be. And so do they. And we're trying to get everybody on the same page. And I don't know about you, but there have been times where I felt like I needed to become a psychologist just to do family. Am I right? Like, I need to go to school and get a therapy degree just to do this. How many of y'all feel that way? You know what I'm saying? And, like, everybody is, like, using all the therapy terms and all this. And, like, I don't even know what to do. All I know, son, is you do that again, something's going down. You know what I'm saying? Like, today it's boundaries. Back in the day it's I'm going to beat you. And I'm not trying to, like, advertise any of it. I'm just saying how much things have changed through the years and how much pressure is on us now watch this how much pressure is on us to have the perfect family and how much pressure is on us to have the perfect marriage and marry the perfect person and have perfect kids so they can be the perfect student and be the perfect athlete and we can buy the perfect house in the perfect neighborhood and drive the perfect car with the perfect animal and those do not exist and we got all these pursuits of perfect and none of it exists but the picture in our mind is it's got to be perfect and we set ourselves up for failure. We let ourselves down over and over and over. Because if this family member doesn't pull off perfect, then we're mad at them. And if they don't put effort into the perfect that you see, then we're mad at them. And it's all over the place. And so you wind up with these family feuds inside. Drama. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But I do believe inside of every person, they have a desire to have a good and a godly family. Am I, am I right? Like, we want our families to be awesome. We want our families to succeed, to achieve some great things. But along the way, we are going to go through some things. And I'll say it like this. If you went through some things and you know you're not perfect, then why in the world will we ever think that our family won't go through some things and we're not going to be perfect? Am I right? So what I'm trying to tell you is there are no perfect families. There are none. Have you ever reached a point that you said, I don't know what to do about, and this is how we say it, because we in the South, I don't know what to do about these people. When things are going well, we, we call them our family. When it ain't going well, it's these people or those people. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't know what to do with them. And this is what I found, that people have become confused, not sure how to do this. And overwhelmed and stressed and trying to figure out how, how does all of this work. And my heart through this series is just to serve families and help you to see that you can do this. Amen? And no matter where you're at, what stage you're at, maybe you're single. I want you to know you can do this. The time is going to come for you. 
I promise you. But in the meantime, be the son or daughter that God has you to be. Be the brother or sister. Be the uncle or the aunt. Whatever roles that you're playing, be the best at those. Amen? And for everybody who's in the roles where they're married or where they're raising kids, listen, I know it is a challenge. But I believe if God brought these people into your life, then God has anointed you for those people that is in your life. Amen? But here's the challenge, okay? And this is what I've learned. And I've gotten the opportunity to talk with a lot of families, see some incredible families, and see all the good, the bad, the ugly, the incredible, and the not so incredible. And, and, and when you see all of that, you see so many different things. And, and it would be easy to highlight all the negative. And I don't want to highlight all the negative. What I want you to see is the possibilities of what God can do in a family. And what we want is a good family. And I should have said it godly family, but I called it good, okay? And there are, there are some good families out there, but then there are some godly families out there. And this is what I found. And, and, and here's one of the points. Good families follow Jesus. Good family. And you said, Pastor, well, I know some good families that are out there. I know. That's why I should have called it godly families, okay? But just come with me. Good families are the families that are following Jesus, your relationship with God is going to contribute to your family. Trust me. Some of you, if you didn't have Jesus, you would not be a good parent. And you know it because you wasn't a good kid. I know you like to say we all God's children, but the people who like to say that were the kids that were little hellcats. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Let's just get for real here. I know he loves them all, but some of y'all... And you're trying to figure out what's going on with your kids. Anyway, let's get back to the message. I, I'm not going to do that. Following Jesus. So watch this. When we lead our families to follow Jesus, it's not that we're problem-free. Because you're going to have problems. And it's not going to be perfect. In fact, Jesus never walked around and said to you, I need you to be perfect. Can I get an Amen. He didn't do that. He did not promote perfection. And I know some of you, what about that one verse? Well, that whole that verse, perfection, means mature. In other words, grow up. Okay? Good families are families that follow Jesus. And right here, somebody likes to say, yeah, but the divorce rate in the church is the same as the divorce rate in the world. That's because it's people. It's people. Like, we need to know that and quit joining all the clubs and all the labels and all this stuff and instead be who God wants us to be and become a devoted follower of Jesus instead of another sticker on us that says, I belong to this club, I belong to that club. No matter what club you belong to if you're not following Jesus. Amen? And so a person who is following Jesus is going to do better at fathering, going to do better at mothering, be a better husband, be a better wife, and their kids are going to do better as well. Their mental state is going to be better. Their emotional state is going to be better because Jesus makes a difference in people's lives, and if he does it for us personally, he's going to do it in our families. And so when you look at the story that we just read, context, they're coming into the promised land. They've already gone through the wilderness and all this stuff. They're coming into the promised land. And it's like all this stuff, all this blessing you've got, you didn't do anything for it. There were generations that went before you that laid the foundation. And now you're just walking into blessing. And at a time that you're walking into blessing, you need to choose who you're going to serve. And is this going to be a family that serves the Lord? Or are we just going to stay on the cycle of the past? Or are we just going to live according to the culture and whatever it says? There is a call today for families to follow Jesus. There is a call for us to follow Jesus. So good, godly families follow Jesus. Here's the second thing. Good, godly families follow God's design. Following God's design. And when you go back to the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and chapter 2, you see the first family that God created. It was one man and one woman. That was God's design for, for family. It was one man and one woman united together to be a family. But we know from Genesis chapter 2 that there has been an attack 
on family since God created it. There, the attack started all the way back in the Garden of Eden where it sowed confusion into the family. So before you think we are the only ones that go through this as a family, y'all, the very first one, the very first family had confusion. Better yet, their kids, they had a murder in the family. Their sons, Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel. First family, God created. Some of y'all are like, man, I already feel better about my family. <laughs> this is what I need you to see, though. Satan has been trying to break down the family since day one. And as, a, as, as, as any person in, this fam, in your family, whether you're just a son in the house or a daughter in the house and you didn't clean your room today, or if you've been mama for a long time, maybe your grandmother, maybe you're a dad, maybe you're just a husband, whatever your role is, it is so important for you to know there has been an attack on the family since day one. And I'm talking about the devil, Satan. He is real. And he wants to destroy families because God has purpose for your family. And he's going to try to stop it. God has influence for your family. He's going to try to stop it. He wants the cycles to keep going. God wants to break the cycles and heal you. Amen. So there's been an attack on family since day one using confusion, division, and temptation. And this is what families still to this day are walking through. Confusion. I don't know what to do. You ever been in that place where you were so overwhelmed as a parent, as a spouse, as a grandparent, or even as a kid? I don't know what to do to make my mom and dad happy anymore. You ever been there? There's such a confusion that is there. There's division, little issues that pop up. Just go have a family meal and start talking about politics. Am I right? People you love, you will walk away from. I ain't talking to them anymore. Got to uphold my label. You know, the name on the front of our shirt, we make it more important than the name on the back of our shirt. That's a football reference, by the way. Temptations, tempted to say this, tempted to do that, tempted to do the things that we shouldn't. And this, here's the deal. This is what I need you to see. Unfortunately, we have allowed brokenness to begin to define families. Brokenness begin to define the direction of families. And you wind up with broken men and broken women who are getting married, trying to have a whole marriage. And they're individually broken, trying to have a whole marriage. And then they have kids trying to raise whole kids while they themselves are broken. And the confusion carries from one generation to the next. The division from one generation to the next. The temptation from one generation to the next. And we wind up with a generation that doesn't see consistency, doesn't see order, doesn't see structure. All they see is strife. And they say, I don't want that. And so they begin to come up with their own forms and ideas of family. And we wind up with a, an alternative design for family that God never intended. Alternative, and we've seen it all over in our culture in the last couple of months right here in our state. All of the debate about gay, gay marriage, you know, the don't say gay thing. And we are saying it in church because that stuff is happening in our, in our state. It's happening in our communities. It's happening in our schools. And there are so many extreme opinions about this. And many of you right now are super nervous about what Pastor Wade is about to say. But I will tell you that God's design for marriage is one man and one woman. And all of the other forms of marriage that they have come up with are culturally accepted. And culturally, y'all do you. Okay? But as for me and my house... We're going to do this God's way, the biblical way. Amen? Because I believe God's design, and it's spelled out in Scripture, is one man and one woman. And brokenness has led us to the place of changing the original design. Because, listen, and y'all need to hear this, church. The world is saying that doesn't work. 
That form of love doesn't work because if it did, you wouldn't see these families breaking apart. And if following Jesus was the secret to a good family, then why are, why are church families breaking apart and falling apart? So that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Let's form our own way of doing this. And brokenness has become the definition for family. But God designed family. God created family. We have children questioning their identity. Like, I need you to hear this today. And, and listen, this is nothing political. I, I'm not even going to have a political discussion with you about it. And I'm not even going to have a cultural discussion with anyone about this. This is biblical, man. We have kids questioning their identity. And I just want to say, Dad, where are you? Right? Uh, go fishing, but come home and have a talk with your kids. And Mom, just saying we love you so much, whatever you want, come on. They're, when they're questioning their identity in our houses, as a parent, we got to say, what is going on? When they're questioning their sexuality in our own house and they're questioning their gender, when they're deconstructing their faith as a college kid in our own homes. Y'all, what is happening to the family? Can I show you that the family has been under attack since day one? And listen, I'm not against people. I love all people. I do. And I understand that people have different preferences and different ideas. But we're not going to change the word of God to satisfy somebody else. Amen? We're not. And there's so many layers to this. And I know there's a chance someone's going to watch this online and say, oh, Emerged Church is anti-gay. No, we're not. There have been gay people sitting in this service many times, and you didn't even know it. But we're not going to pull out the Bible belt and beat them with it. Amen? We're going to love them. Come on. We're going to love people just like we loved you, and you got your crazy too. Some would say that God's design for family is broken. And I would say the design isn't broken. People are broken. It's people that are broken. And that's what breaks my heart. It's where you see people who want what God has for them, but they are broken. And they're trying to become better. But in the pursuit of trying to become better, there's so much stuff that's happened to them the ultimate result becomes bitterness, man. And that breaks my heart. Because if, if the husband is bitter, it's going to mess with the whole family. And if mom's bitter, it's going to mess with the whole family. And I promise you, if the 13-year-old kid is bitter, it is going to mess with the entire family, y'all. The design isn't broken. It's the people in it that are broken. How many broken marriages do you know of? And some of you, you've walked through them. The most painful, listen, I have done funerals. I've walked with people through some of the most tremendous loss. But the hardest thing I've ever seen people walk through is divorce. It is the absolute hardest thing that I've ever seen anybody walk through. And my prayer is that if you've never experienced that, I pray that you will never, ever, ever have to experience that in your life. Because it is so, and many, some of you, you've walked through it and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It still hurts today, even if it was 25 years ago hard but God's design didn't change because something broke God's mercy and grace is there to heal us so that the design he had we can live in it so that we can enjoy it and I believe God what we need more than all of the instruction because listen y'all there are so many books there are so many classes and I recommend all of it but more than anything we need heart change man you know what I'm saying? We need some hearts to change. The design for family has been under attack. I mean, you, we have people that don't even trust that marriages are good anymore. And so rather than trusting that marriage can work, they just decide to cohabitate and live together like they're married. But we're not going to get married because it almost feels like marriage is a curse because it's like most people I know that got married got divorced. So we're just going to leave out God's plan and God's design and do this our own way. 
And I know the old school churches would just blast people about this stuff. And listen, I'm not telling you go do it. I'm telling you don't do it because it's not God's design and there's no blessing on it unless you do it God's way. Okay? But where is that coming from? That's what I want to talk about. It's coming from brokenness, y'all. This isn't political stance. Oh, I believe this and I believe. It's not some kind of religious stance. No, no, no. This is coming from brokenness and people's lives. And if that doesn't touch your heart today, I mean, where's your pulse at? Where are you at that you can't see that, hey, thank God we're making it. But I hope my kids can make it. And what can I put in their life that they can make it, man? That's why it's so important that we are in God's presence. We spend in time with Jesus because God's design is still good. But people are broken. But I need you to know God can heal the brokenness and he can restore families. I believe it 100%. Here's the next thing. Good families don't just happen. They don't. You, you do not go in autopilot once your kids pass their teenage years. You don't go in autopilot once you get your kids out of diaper. If you do that, you will have much to pay. Your marriage doesn't go in autopilot when you have kids. In fact, you better put some more work in it when you have kids. You know what I'm saying? There, so it doesn't just happen. It takes effort. And not just from mama. Too many women are carrying the spiritual load in the family. And I just want to say to the men, where are you at? If you're not the one saying at the dinner table, we're going to bless the food, where are you at? Amen? Godly men should carry the load, the spiritual direction for their family. And too many mamas are having to do it. And as a result, there's a lack of order in our homes. And to every lady who has to carry the load right now, thank you for carrying the load. Thank you for covering it in prayer. Thank you for dragging those kids to church, kicking and screaming, just hoping nobody sees the craziness of your kids coming out as you're walking through those doors. And you see it because those windows are reflective and it's like, look at us. Oh, my gosh. Let's turn around and go back. Y'all ever seen you crazy as you were walking in? I'm like, why you didn't tell me this shirt looks like this? Got a lot I'm working with here. I don't need to highlight it. I want to say something that's going to change your life. There will never be perfect people in your family. So let's stop expecting it. There will never be perfect people in your family. So this is what this means. That means we're either working with some hurt people or we're working with some healed people. That's what we're working with. Hurt people and healed people. And let's not forget the very opinionated people. Amen? And the very introverted people. The people that don't say anything and you're wondering what they're thinking. And you know the moment's going to come when they say everything. How many of you, you, you had that sibling where they just took the beating all their life? Like they got beat up by the older brothers and you knew the day was going to come where they were going to unleash the beast? You know what I'm talking about? All of that in our family. Good families takes forgiveness, y'all. It takes a lot of forgiveness. Good families, it's going to take some patience. It's going to take some patience because everyone in your family has the potential to drive you nuts. And you do too. I know I drive my family nuts. So many times, but I thank God <laughs> that they choose to be godly <laughs> and show me some grace. I do. Because we'll decide on a restaurant, and before we get there, I'll say, nah, let's not go there, and then change directions, and now we've got a family, a whole family discussion. It takes a lot of love to do family, and it takes a lot of keep on loving to do family. That whole togetherness thing, the me to we, you know, how we like to do that. Oh, we're just a me to we family. Oh, yeah. That takes some effort. You know what else it takes? Sacrifice. 
You know how people like to tell you all the leading causes of divorce in a family? They like to say, oh, it's communication. Oh, it's money. Oh, it's, it's unfaithfulness and all these different things. You know what it is? Selfishness. Selfishness. So many families that I've sat down with, whether it was pre-marriage or post-marriage, the root of it all becomes selfishness. I want to do it my way. And sometimes it's because I see this picture and this is how it needs to be. And so you got mama with the picture of this is how it needs to be. And you got dad with the my way or the highway kind of mentality. We're trying to bring this all together. Of course, there's going to be fireworks. And you want to tell me which one's right, because that's what they ask me. So I'm right, right? Because I'm the priest of the home. That's the guy. And mama's like, well, I'm right, because without a vision, the people perish. Bible verse stuff starts getting dropped. And I'm like, well, you're both wrong. You're both wrong. Because in order for it all to work, it takes selflessness. And listen, let's bring the kids into it. Because a lot of families adapt everything around their kids. It takes selflessness from kids. And I know you want to amen. You preach that. But you got to model that. And you got to teach that and train that if you're going to get that. If you allow it till they're 16. And when they're 16 say, and they start saying, I'm going to do what I want. It ain't all on them. You let them there. You let them there. Good families don't just happen. It takes work. It takes some conversations. But a good godly family will have people who are pursuing Jesus. It's going to be men who follow and lead their family to Jesus. It's going to take a woman who will trust God and support their husband as he follows Jesus and leads their family. I could get into that, and I'm not because i got to finish. Let's keep going because i got to go. Good families have a purpose to live for. A purpose to live for. You can do whatever you want with your family. Go do it, whatever. Whatever you want. Some of y'all, that's going to be the part. Pastor Wade said, go do whatever you want with your family. But please know that in whatever you do, God has a purpose for your family. And your family will be the most blessed when it lives for and lives out that godly purpose. In fact, if you are not interested in God's purpose for your family, God is not required to bless your family. I don't care how many times you sing the blessing. You, it's Mother's Day next week. We're probably going to play that song. Mama's going to cry. And that's great. But let me tell you, you can sing that song till you're blue in the face. If you are not in on what God is doing, God is not obligated to bless you. And I know that might be harsh, but guys, at some point, we got to start bringing some clarity to the confusion that's going on in our world and no longer just ride the cycle of crazy and just put a Jesus sticker on it. Amen? So whatever you do, don't let anything else replace God's purpose for your family. Don't let the beach house, don't let the ballpark, don't let your travels, don't let all the other little things that people want. Don't let that replace what God has for you and your family. When we do those things, expect this thing to go into chaos. Expect it. And I know as soon as you hear those things, people think, well, he's just saying that because we do this. No, no, listen to me. And it has increased ever since COVID. Because now families feel like we don't have to. They got online church. Listen to me, everyone. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're not in the house of God, it's going to be hard to serve God. And maybe that is old school. You call it whatever you want. And I know the crunchy Christian who said, well, you don't have to go to church to serve the Lord. Well, if you don't go to church, it won't be long. You won't be serving the Lord. Serving God's purpose will bring such a blessing on you and your family. It's no different than what I would tell someone who just gave their life to Jesus. And if I tell it to that someone who gave their life to Jesus, I'm going to tell it to their family too. Amen? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So let me wrap this up. No such thing as a perfect family. 
But there's also no such thing as an unfixable family. There's no such thing. I want you all to stand to your feet as we wrap up this morning. It's my heart, and I want you to hear me. My heart is to help you to build an incredible, godly family. And I want you to learn some things. My heart is that you will grow, that you will get wisdom, that you will learn some incredible steps, that you will learn the principles that it takes to have a godly marriage. But during preparation for this series, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, there is a wealth of information all about doing family out there. And we have so much that we're learning, so much that we're reading. And, 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 and we're not careful. We will, we will read and digest so much that we will lose ourselves and the information about families. But we will miss the revelation of what a family is really supposed to be about. And we will feel like I cannot measure up. I'm not good enough. I'll never be this kind of husband. I'll never be this kind of wife. I'll never be able to be this kind of kid. But really the root of it, and the Lord just spoke this so clear, is what is going on in our heart. And what I know is there are people in this room today that need healing. We think it's a family problem. It's a heart problem. And in order for the family to be healed, the hearts in the family have to be healed. There are people in this room today that need to repent of some of their ways. In other words, change some things. Not just hear about it and say, okay, that's good. I'm talking about make a conscious decision that I'm no longer going to live this way. I'm going to make the change. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do this his way rather than doing it my way. Or else you will, you will just trend for a while as long as the pressure's on you. And now we're having this, this sermon. So now the discussion's out. I'm going to start talking about this. So you'll go through your six-month stretch of doing good. But after a while and the sermon's done and it's all over, just cycle right back to the old habits. People in this room today that need the Holy Spirit to come and heal and come and fill hearts. And today, literally, it's like the Holy Spirit is knocking on the doors of hearts in here. Just like someone is knocking on the door to your home and you have a decision will you open the door today to allow him in to heal the broken places and I need y'all to hear this today because this is where it gets really really tough to heal those broken places from like when you were 13 oh you, I know you feel like you're past that but now you've got a 13 year old and you're trying to make sure your 13-year-old doesn't feel, hear, experience none that you experienced at 13. And you're trying to shield them and protect them, only to look at it and realizing that by trying to protect them from it because I'm not healed, they're picking it up too. It's indirect though. What you have is direct, but it's indirect for them. And what is it doing? It's placing seeds of fear in their life. Instead of faith to overcome, they got fear of repeating it. This is word from the Lord right here. There's a fear that they're going to repeat it. And so instead of trusting God, what do they do? They hide out. And so many people are hiding from God right now. Families are hiding from God, but they're hiding in places that is not the norm. Because most people just lock down. It is not lockdown, it's go out. And they're hiding from God. And really, they don't realize that God wants to heal you. Can I, can I just, I don't know how else to emphasize it. God wants to heal where you hurt. And so we got mamas parenting out of hurt. We got dads parenting out of hurt. We got husbands and wives trying to do marriage out of hurt. We got single people trying to find somebody to marry out of hurt. And we're playing hurt. We're doing life hurt. And we're reading all the information about how it works. And all of that works in a perfect world. But it ain't a perfect world. It's broken. And the only hope for brokenness is Jesus. And that's why my heart is so convinced today. 
We have to make some decisions. And today is a day of decision. And I wrote three decisions that I feel like we've got to make. And this is how the Lord, I feel like, instructed me to close this. The first decision is that we will not be defined by our yesterdays. For where your family is today, we will not be defined by yesterdays. I know you got to deal with it, but that doesn't mean you have to be defined by it. If you've gone through divorce before and you're remarried, quit labeling yourself with divorce because you're not divorced anymore. You're married now. Amen? We're not going to be defined by what I went through yesterday. God can heal it. Here's the second thing. We will make the most of today. We will make the most today. Your family, listen, I look at those pictures of my family and realize that was 10 years ago. Boom, that quick. I look back to that picture when I was a junior in high school with mama with the helmet. When I look at that picture, I realize, man, that was in 1992. Some of you wasn't even thought of in 92. 90s were great, by the way. Anyway, 80s, not so much. 90s. We've got to make the most of today. If you're ever going to pursue the purposes of God, you know when it's time to start? Now. Don't try to get the kids to go to the youth group at 13 when when we're not bringing them to church at 3. Amen? Seriously. Today is the day. We're going to make the most of it. And number three, we will serve God every day. That's what we are going to do. If that is your decision this morning, I want you to step out of your seats and I want you to come and fill this altar up this morning. Some of you are like, what does this mean? What does it mean? If you have decided that today we're, we're, we're not going to be defined by our yesterdays, we're going to make the most of today, and we are going to serve God every day. If that's the decision for you, if that's the decision for your family, if you're making the declaration today that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Today is the day that brokenness is healed. Today is the day that it begins to change. No longer parenting through the pain of the past, but now I've got some vision because God has healed me. No longer doing the married thing based off of the ball and chain, but now i got a vision for what God wants it to be. I'm following God's design. It's for me and my house. Me and my house. You say, Pastor Wade, I'm not even married yet. You're declaring it and prophesying it before you even get married yet. As for me and my house, you say, I'm just a kid. I don't even know why I'm here today. You're here today to make the declaration that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And I want hands lifted all over this room today. Maybe you're watching online. Hands lifted all over this room. And the Lord just instructed me today pray for healing pray for healing Father today so many people that are in this room so many that are watching online that have walked through things in their life that has left its mark and we know the the, the saying what doesn't kill you makes you strong I know God, it's marked us in ways that tries to define us. It's made us angry. It's made us reactive. It's made us sad and even depressed at times. It's made us hard to please. It's made us set expectations so high that no one could ever fulfill it. It's made us defensive and aggressive. So much brokenness has messed with our lives. And Jesus, we have tried to talk ourselves out of it. We've tried 15 steps to a better, happier life. We've tried all those things. But God, today, we're opening the door of our heart, and we need you to heal. We need you to come in and heal some hearts. We need you to come in and touch our minds so that our thinking reflects what you're saying instead of what we're feeling all the time. So, Lord, my prayer today is for healing to flow in this room. 
for those who, 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 who lost a family member, who may have lost a dad and grew up without a dad or grew up without a mom or, or, or had a family that had addictive situations or maybe there was abuse and, and, and they've just been trying to, to muscle through and survive through it and, and now they find themselves with their own family and, and, and it's not that they're doing those things but they're feeling all those things again that they felt years ago. Father, today, I'm asking you to set them free. I'm asking you to break those chains off of their lives, God. I'm asking you to bring healing to their broken hearts. Father, I'm asking you, God, to lift their spirits so they can see, God, the vision that you have for them and for their families, those who have walked through divorce that are in a new marriage now and are being careful about it because they don't want it to happen again. Father, today, I pray you give them confidence confidence moving forward healed hearts pray for children that have walked through families that have broken and all of the thoughts that comes with that for all of us considering is this going to be another generation father today we're asking you to heal them we're asking you to work in their hearts father you are the father to the fatherless and we ask you today father Show your love to your people today and bring healing and bring healing. I want you all to look at me today. No matter where you are in the context of family, there is hope. There's hope. I know it may not look like the picture know that. I guarantee you can ask anybody in here who was, who's been divorced. They would tell you, I never signed up for this. Am I right? Because that ain't fun. But I can tell you there is hope for each and every one of you for where you are if we will allow God to heal. That trust that you want to build with your family, you're waiting on them. I know. And they got some things to work on. But you need to let the Lord work on you. Now, I'm going to finish with this because the Lord told me to, and I'm, I'm not going to mess with him. But there are people in this room today, even watching online, you're doing things that are breaking your family. You're doing things that are bringing brokenness to your family. And I love this church enough, and I love you enough to not throw you under the bus and point you out, but throw the hand of mercy and grace of God to you and tell you it's time to change that. It's time to change that because you can blame others for breaking it. But what about when it's you? It's time to change it. You're like, well, that's a good note to end the service on, Pastor Wade. Healing begins when we open the door and say, come on in. And some of us have closed the door on the Lord and we've opened the door to other things and we're wondering why this is happening in our family. We open in the wrong doors. It's time to close it. This is a spiritual moment. The Spirit of God is speaking to people in this moment right now. There are some men that need to repent of some things. There are some women, you got to quit trying to control it. Quit trying to control it. There are some kids, you have learned a technique to take over. Come on. I'm telling you, the, the Lord has convicted me with this message today. And I know this isn't the pretty, let's make everybody laugh kind of message. But this is the state of where we're at with families, y'all. We got to get this right. My prayer is the changes you know you need to make, make them. The steps you need to take, take them. Men, you need to step up. Men need to step up. It's time. What is God going to do with your family? What is God going to do with your family? Because you make the decision, Jesus, come on in. You will have stories. 
you'll be 78 sitting on the front porch in your rocking chair with a sweet tea and a dog. Hashtag goals. And you'll look back to a day like this and you'll say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God I opened the door. I want you to lift your hands all across this room. Father, we need you. Families need you like crazy. And Father, we make the declaration today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we know there's work to be done with that. We know there's people to be reached. But Father, most importantly, we're asking you to fill our hearts with your spirit so that everything we do in our family comes from your spirit, that we're spirit-led instead of people manipulating. Father, today we declare our families belong to you. Lead us in your direction. Lead us into your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on.